0: I am Sarah-Jane Case and
1: this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are talking with Mary Adkins. Mary is a writing coach and founder of the book Incubator, a 12-month program to write, revise, and pitch your novel or memoir. She's author of the novels When You Read This, which is an indie next pick, best book of 2019 by Good Housekeeping and Real Simple, Privilege, which is today.com, best summer read, New York Post, best book of the week, and Palm Beach, recently named one of New York Post's best books of 2021. Her books have been published in 13 countries, and her essays and reporting have appeared in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Slate, and more. What a cool job. Mary, welcome (laughs) to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. I'm, I'm such a fangirl, and I love Enneagram, but I rarely get to talk to people about Enneagram, so... I just, I can't wait for all of this.
1: That's how I feel about writing. Like, I love writing, but I rarely get to talk about it. So, we're going to have a lot of fun.
2: Oh, yeah. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. So, I wooed. Um, So, as you know, we start every episode
2: with a rose, bud, and thorn. What are yours today? Okay. So, I will, can I do my thorn first? Yeah. For sure. is that okay 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 cuz the rose kind of grows from the thorn. Um so my my thorn is that I recently had a pregnancy loss and I've I've had mm-hmm. recurrent pregnancy losses so this is actually the third one I've had in a year. And um I am I know we're about to get more into Enneagram but I mm-hmm. um I'm a 3 which I actually only realized recently. I thought I was a 7. I know you're a 7. Mm-hmm. Um and as a three, um, I am really trying to like show up more authentically, like not as my persona, but as like the real messy, you know, me in the mm-hmm. world. And so, um, so I'm sharing that, that that's what's going on mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> um, cause that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the rose is that this is giving me an opportunity. And I, like, I, I genuinely mean this. I don't mean this in like, a, um, you know, like a self-helpy, like, um, didactic way, like Mm -hmm. going through this really is giving me an opportunity to try to like, um, rely on people more and let people show me love and, um, like accept their love and, and feel it. And, um, so there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of actual, um, beauty that's coming out of this experience that um and even even like joy um you know in the midst of like the the grief of it mm-hmm. so that's my rose and my bud is that um i know you said on your podcast recently you were doing vacation planning and i yeah. am too i am doing so much vacation planning <laughs> and it's so much fun and i like i've booked I booked a trip to Mexico in May. Um, We're going to see my family for my, I have a three-year-old for his, for his birthday in April, and he's going to get to have a birthday party, which is really exciting because he, uh, he's three. So like, he hasn't really had birthdays parties because of the pandemic, you know? So like, he's going to have a real birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's going to be really fun. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to some travel.
1: Mm-hmm. There is something so good about the escapism of putting together an itinerary for a trip that I just think it hits the spot. I know it's not like yes. the best, it's not like the best, most like awakened thing, but also like it feels so <laughs> good. It does.
2: <laughs> it's so satisfying. Like you get the right itinerary and you're like, <sighs> it's, it's just, it, you're right. It scratches all those itches. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's, it hits the spot. I'm like feeling it right now in my
2: bones. <laughs> <made> me too.
1: <laughs> so, um, I would love to hear Mary, your story with the Enneagram. How did you find the Enneagram? What did you relate to about type seven? How did you determine you were a type three? I am really yeah. curious.
2: Okay. So I, um, I got into it. I, I've always loved personality tests. Um, like I loved the Myers-Briggs I, I'm Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFJ on that um, on that metric, I didn't discover the Enneagram until a couple years ago. My sister got really into it. She's actually become like a certified, you know, Enneagram coach. She's, she's gone real deep, but she, um, she inspired me to check it out. And I think the first test I took was like the two, there's a two question one. Mm -hmm. Um, and it identified me as a seven and I started reading about the seven and I, I really identified as a seven. And I, it, sometimes I still think I'm a seven. <laughs> like I, mm. I And I, um, d- did some reading, listened to podcasts on like the, you know, the, the confusion between three and seven. Cause I know that those are two numbers that are commonly confused. Um, and I, I really, I really felt like a seven. And then, um, I, I did some more, um, like did some more reading. And I worked a little bit with, um, a coach who is really well-versed in the Enneagram. And as she got to know me, she started saying, you know what, like, I see a lot of three in you. And I think mm-hmm. if you, um, if you really want to like examine that it may, you know, because of the whole, like the, the amazing thing about Enneagram to me is that it really gives us, it get it. it, it even when I was a seven or thought I was a seven, Mm -hmm. um, it gave me so much insight into my, it's just such a helpful mirror to look at, right? Like to understand Mm -hmm. yourself and your motivation, your behavior and your coping mechanisms. And, um, she said, you know, whether or not, you know, you, you decide you identify more as a three, like looking at considering how some of these behaviors could be motivated by the way, a three would be motivated could be insightful for you. Like it could be, um, a good experiment. And as I did Mm -hmm. that, I realized that like, uh, while I wasn't identifying with the kind of surface level descriptions of threes, like, I don't think of myself as, as too status or image conscious. I think of myself much more like, um, like a seven, I hate to be trapped. I always want to be doing Mm -hmm. something new. I love, like, I chase the fun. I love starting new things. Like I, um, I also, um, had spent my whole life really cultivating persona and like showing up as like this persona. And like, even if it wasn't about status, like I didn't need people to think I was important. I really, Mm -hmm. um, I had trouble figuring out what I was really feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I, like I had trouble accessing my true desires and feelings because I, I felt like I was my persona (laughs) and I, um, you know, it's one reason I think I gravitated to writing because, because writing kind of allowed me to, both breakthrough persona. Like I could, especially when I wrote nonfiction or essays, I could like be the real me in an essay. And that was so cathartic to do because Mm -hmm. I like, I I wouldn't talk. I mean, so for example, when I had um, my first miscarriage about a year ago, um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really telling people, but I wrote an essay about it and published it to the point that a few people in my life were like, I read your essay about your miscarriage. Why didn't you just tell me you had a miscarriage? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think anyway, I'm rambling, but I think, Mm um, yeah, I think my, I understand my drive to write now. Um, and, and what I get from it and why I love it so much and, um, why I find it so cathartic through the lens of being a three. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and the, more broadly, like the Enneagram has become, it's really the way I understand the world. My husband's bought into it. He's an eight. So he like buys into nothing. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> He's bought into the, like we, we give people like the short version of uh, one of the shorter tests when they come to our house is kind of like a, a, a party game. <laughs> and then, um, and then like explain it to them. Um, I, and then, you know, my, my writing program that you mentioned that I run, I mean, I, I use the Enneagram in the program. So, um, writers figure out what the, what their type is. And then based on that, we try to navigate like what obstacles are going to come up for them emotionally and, um, And psychologically, as they try to take on this big goal of writing their books, and um, Mm. we talk about what kind of writing goals are best for them based on their Enneagram type. And um, we even use Enneagram types to create characters for the people who are writing fiction, like, because I think it can be just such a, it's just, you know, like, you you love it, (laughs) like you're writing a book about it, like, it's, it's, it's a tool that has so many applications, I think.
1: Yeah. And I and honestly, I love this space between holding the complexity of like there's a lot that I relate to a seven. There's a lot I relate to a three. I just mm. um I want to like kind of touch on that a little bit because I think there yeah. is some like I've also like held the tension between those two types because mm. there's a lot that they share, like um complicated relationship to feelings, um wanting to, mm. you know, we're both very, we're all very driven and kind of focused on our objectives and our goals. And, um, with that in mind, I think there is some, you know, I like that question, like what part of me is a seven, what part of Mm -hmm. me is a three and what is that? What am I learning about that myself through that? Um, yeah. So kind of what you talked about with your coach kind of saying, well, let's just explore where you might be motivated by that. I think that's a totally worthwhile question, no matter what your dominant type is and, and how you're relating to the other types.
2: Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, another friend who, uh, what did identify as a seven and now identifies as a three. And she said her, she, she's on a mission to convince everyone there's a seven wing three <laughs> that exists <laughs> on the <Instagram. laughs> She's like, <laughs> I An want Enneagram that to be a joke real. Yeah. <laughs> for people who know about wings. <laughs> um.
1: So, you talked about using it in writing, which I think is genius because, mm. yeah, I mean, it, basically, Enneagram's like, here are your hangups. Here's what can, is going to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, your hair is completely unique, and products that address its specific needs. That's where Function of Beauty comes in. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair now and where you want it to go. Founded by a dream team of engineers and cosmetic scientists, each Function of Beauty product is individually designed to be as unique as you are. Function of Beauty offers over 54 trillion possible formulations. Every one of them is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free if you choose. Here's how it works. So first you take the quick hair quiz to build your hair profile and select five hair goals like lengthen, volumize, and oil control. So does your hair get frizzy in the winter, but oily in the summer? Function formulations are meant to be changed when your needs change. Then you choose your color and fragrance or you can be like me and go dye free. And then you get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare for good hair days ahead. Okay, here's the thing, I'm obsessed. (laughs) I wanted Function of Beauty to work with me so bad and I'm so excited that we finally get to partner together because It is my favorite thing ever um i got the coconut scented one and i did dye free and the bottles look seamless and beautiful in my shower but even more importantly i feel like it's covering volume volume for my hair it's helping me with frizz it's helping me on days that i want to wear my hair curly i just feel like my hair is so healthy and happy and shiny and thriving and I just love the big bottles with the pumps as well. Like the packaging is it for me. So thank you Function of Beauty for working with me because I am, it's like a dream come true. You can hear it and you can hear the giddiness. So if you want to say goodbye to generic hair care for good today, go to functionofbeauty.com slash egram Take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 25% on your first order. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash egram to let them know you heard about it from our show and get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash egram. Take your hair quiz, save 25% off. I'll link it all in the show notes for you. Thank you, Function of Beauty, for making a girl's dream come true.
0: Talk about before is creative self-care.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. can we talk a little bit about what that means to you and why you think it's important?
2: Yeah, I, so I feel like, so I I work with writers who are working on, on like big, you know, books on, on like long form narratives. And that's like a huge undertaking, right? Like, you know, better Mm -hmm. than anyone. And so when they come to me, like often, Um, they're battling a lot of, just a lot of baggage, like a lot of internal demons struggle around, maybe they've, they've tried and they keep, they keep starting and they, then they get stuck or they don't feel confident enough to keep going. Or they've taken a lot of writing classes that have really been based around feedback, like getting feedback from other people in the class. And it's um, caused them to lose their own vision or lose their confidence. And so they feel pretty like battle-worn. A, a lot of time, and not, not everyone. I mean, some people mm-hmm. come and they're they're like, "I'm ready to go. I just need accountability and some inspiration and some ideas for how to structure my book." And that's and that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I, I, and I've been there. I, I relate to the people who come and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I need someone to tell me I can do this, to tell me how I <laughs> can do this, and to help me get it done," because I've been there too. And I. Once I realize, like that, that part that I just described, I think is really common, even universal, but because I now see, see it through the lens of the Enneagram, um, it's so cool to be able to say, okay, so let's anticipate some of either anticipate or look back on some of the obstacles that you faced as you try to decide, like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write 70,000 words over the next six months. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you're a two, you're like, you know, maybe it feels selfish, like carving out that time for yourself, or you feel like you're letting people down in your family if you're not like being there for them. And you're actually trying to make time to write this novel that you don't even know is going to make any money, you know, or like, if you're, um, if you're a three, like writing to please other, like I wrote to please others for so like, I mm. I was just always trying to write what I thought other people wanted from me for so long. Um, and that was what I had to get over. Um, mm. So, you know, we could, we could go through each number, like, like yeah. maybe one, a one might struggle with perfectionism or like, um, nine might struggle to get it done. uh, eight might struggle with like figuring out what the point is. I, it's funny. Cause I asked mm-hmm. my, you know, I told you, my husband's an eight and I asked him like, if you were to decide to write a book, he's not, he's a, in the sciences. So he's not a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he not that you can't be a writer in the sciences, but he's in the sciences and also not a writer. But Mm -hmm. I asked him if he wanted, if he ever wanted to write a book, what would he do? And he said, um, oh, hire someone else to write it for me. That's not worth my time. (laughs) 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 Which I thought was a really interesting response. So like an, you know, may want the most efficient way of getting it done or want to feel like um, this isn't going to be a waste of time or like, what's the point or, you know, um, mm-hmm. fives might get lost. Like I, I have a few people who are fives in my program and like, you know, they love reasons. It's like, they can go down the research mm-hmm. rabbit hole and be researching for six years without writing a word. And I, I, we like all of these are, are basically ways of sort of, um, avoiding facing the, the task before us. Cause it's so scary, you know, mm-hmm. but I think, um, when people are able to, you know, like when I say to this writer, Oh, like, you know, if you're a five, like you, you, you just did the test, you found out you're a five, go, go ahead and like read about the description of the five. Like if this, if you identify with these, think about how, how your obsession with research, like might might be coming from, um, like where that's coming from. And if it's, if it's something that's, that's healthy for you, or if you, we want to find ways of you, for you to cut off that research so you can actually get to just writing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And like something you said about three, I feel like as a seven I'm like the opposite where you were like you write for other people. Mm. My struggle has been like I just want to write what I want to write and like I hope you guys like it. Um oh. and like and don't really take into consideration like or have to really work hard to take into consideration: Is this marketable? Do will this make sense to other people? Um, yeah, and n- to not get bored before the marketing piece even comes. To not be like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm I'm ready to move on to the next one.
2: Right. I want to do a new project now. Like und- yeah. like, yeah. I'm I'm ready to. I'm more excited about something else.
1: Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Um, I wonder. People are gonna be like, who did we leave out? They're gonna want to know. I think we only have four and six. Oh, okay
2: um great so I feel like so um interestingly so you know and I'm not like an expert in Enneagram I'm not like you I don't like I I'm just a purely amateur and I've read a lot about it so like I feel bad if I'm saying wrong things but when I when I think about um well let me put it differently like my experience with four like I have worked with a few Mm -hmm. fours in my program and my experience with fours um is that they have trouble accepting what they've done like they seem to be dissatisfied with what they've made like it's not good enough mm-hmm. um and maybe i think we all have that to an extent but i find that fours fours kind of seem more crippled by it to me mm-hmm. um this idea that like but it's not good it's not it's not good enough mm-hmm. um and then sixes uh I find sixes can also get kind of lost in the research and maybe it's a different kind of motivation than the five from getting lost in research. But like, cause fives are maybe just like interested in the research. Whereas, um, for a six, it's like, okay, I want to make sure I, you know, like look under every stone because if I don't, um, if I don't, then maybe like my book is going to have a hole in it that someone's going to notice later. And then it's going to take, you Mm -hmm. know, they can kind of like spin out into what could happen. Um, but yeah, I feel like the re- the research rabbit hole seems to be, uh, seems to be a trap that will catch fives and sixes.
1: Hmm. I um I'm kind of like hopscotching us back to four for a second, but yeah. my my husband's a four, and he it's took an art class. Cause like what you said is so spot on cause he like took this art class and I'm watching him draw this still life. And the whole time I'm like, this is epic. Like what you're doing Mm. is like way more than I even knew you could do. I'm so impressed. And he, the whole time is just like, this is trash. Like this is terrible. I, this isn't working. And he was getting frustrated and wanted to give up. But then now we're like six months out from that. And he looks at it and he's like, I can't believe I did that. It's so good. Really? he's like proud of it. But like the whole process was just like, this is terrible. I'm terrible. This is, I'm not a good artist. Like, and I could see that it was good the whole time, but he was, he was like in the muck of not being able to have, see
2: that it's good as he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really interesting. Cause now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I think I've had a similar experience with, there's a a really good friend of mine, um, is a four and we're in a writing group together. So I've been, I've been reading her writing and watching her process for years. And, um, I see a similar dynamic to what you're describing with your husband where Mm -hmm. like she, she's really down on it whenever she's working on something. Um, and then once it's published, once it's in the world, Um, she seems to be more tolerant of it. You know, she's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was good. (laughs) But then she's like, but I won't be able to do that again. You know? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's
1: so interesting. So um, do you find that people, you know, when we look at the Enneagram, it makes sense when we look at these obstacles to kind of creating work. Um, And then I think also just like making the time, like we have all of these like unique excuses for why we can't, take this time or
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think what I like the the idea the concept even of creative self-care because sometimes so often we think of self-care as like this like thing we have to like put on like we have to put on face masks and do bubble baths yes. and like that should make me feel good but then we still kind of feel dead inside and yes. like, and like yes. no the face masks are going to make us feel better um, yes do you feel like creativity is kind of like more
2: An access point to like more nourishment? Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I was just nodding like crazy as you were saying that. I mean, I think, I mean, both personally, like, you know, to go back to what I said at the beginning of our talk today, I like, you know, have I booked some beauty treatments? Yeah. (laughs) But, of course. But like the most, the most healing thing I've done over these last few weeks has been to write, like, Mm -hmm. to write it out, like, to write to write my feelings down and write about what happened. And, um, it's just cathartic in a way that, that maybe like, that maybe crying is, you know, like it's literally mm-hmm. like, it feels physically cathartic in that way that like a, a pedicure isn't going to do, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've, I've talked to friends, um, I have a good friend who's a nine and she's a lawyer and she, uh, recently started, um, she's secretly writing a novel and, Mm. um, and was telling me that like, it really feels like self care for her to write this novel in a way Mm. that nothing else does. And it, because it's, it's, yeah, it's using that creative part of her brain that she doesn't normally use. And, um, and that just feels really good. And she said, she thinks about like, she's lying in bed at night thinking about it and having ideas and it's you know, like you get to get excited about yeah. something and, and it's kind of, it's like, maybe it's, maybe it's a secret, maybe it's not, but you know, it feels like such a private project. It's like, oh, I have this mm-hmm. thing that's, um, just coming out of like my mind and heart. And, um, I get to decide like, what's going to go, you know, it's, it's so fun in a way. Like there's so, it, it can be so playful. I,
1: I recently had a conversation with my therapist where I was saying, like, she was like, what's the happiest time of your life? Like you can look back and like, when were you the happiest? And it was writing my first book, I had taken a trip to Copenhagen to write it. And so I was just alone and I was going to all these coffee shops and I was writing and Mm -hmm. she kind of was like, and then I I shared a couple of other ones where I was like, oh, and then I did this other time that I traveled and I was working on a photography book and like this other time, you know, and she was Mm -hmm. like, it seems like there's a common theme here that you like a project, like, and that like these, And I was like, most of my life, I've felt shame because I've been Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a workaholic. Like, oh, I just like love to work. But she's like, well, maybe it's just joy. Maybe you just like enjoy
2: the act of like having something to pour into. Yeah, I love that. And like, I love that she gave you permission to not, because I've also spent my whole life feeling like a workaholic and thinking I was Mm -hmm. supposed to not like working so much, you know? But it's nice to have, I mean, yeah. Do you feel like it's because like you have a, perf- like it gives you a purpose if you're working on a project? Yeah, I think so. And then
1: you know, I think with writing specifically, it's like you have full control, which is very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and your feelings are a hundred percent validated because yeah. you're not speaking to anybody else. So no one can like disqualify, mm. um, And yeah, and I think there's something to having a purpose, like having, okay, today I'm going to wake up and I have a plan and I'm going to execute. And that there's something really satisfying about that as well. I think these are pretty specific to like more assertive types that kind Mm. of are drawn to that, like I'm going to execute energy. (laughs) Um, But I think we all are going to get something different um, from that. But I think there's something really healing about having permission to... Oh, yeah. Like, maybe I just love this.
2: Yeah, maybe I just love this. I yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's interesting, because I, um, I, I mean, this is like a whole other conversation. But once, like, once I got my first book deal, I think my relationship to writing changed, because I, especially as a three, like I, I just Mm -hmm. started to think of it very, um, commercially, you know, and like, of course I still wanted to write what I wanted to write. Like I've I've never written a book that I didn't like think up myself and like pour my heart into. Um, but I also was like, what will people buy? What do people want to read from me? What, you know, it like became a commercial thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and Lately, I have felt um, like a return in light of everything that's going on in my life. Personally, I felt more of a return to just like writing for myself, um, and that has been. It's interesting because it's like that execution energy that you're talking about, but like to a much lesser degree, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, like a from like a how does it feel for me versus how is this going to be experienced by others?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like, uh, like I, I was having a conversation with my literary agent um, recently about just next projects and stuff. And and I, I was telling her how I've been writing about these experiences that I've had over the last year. And and like actually said, I mean, like I need to do this writing whether or not this becomes anything. Like I'm gonna do it no matter what. And um, And that feels good. Like, I think that's part of the rose too, that I, you know, from, from the top of our, of our chat today, like, I I think for me, that's part of the rose too, is like giving myself permission to write, um, you know, even if it's not like, Oh, well, this will be a book deal on the, by next Friday, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Like not like process minded instead of outcome minded.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it.
1: Mm. Mary, is there anything lingering before we go into rapid fire that you feel like, oh, I definitely want to make sure I get to say this or propose this? Um,
2: um, yeah, I guess the one thing I would leave people with if they're like listening and wanting a writing tip would be you know, there are, there are all kinds of ways of setting writing goals. And, you know, like we tend to think of like a word, I'm going to, I'm going to write a certain number of words each day, or I'm going to write a certain number of pages each day. But, um, but you can also say, I'm, I'm just going to write a particular scene or, um, you know, I'm going to take a walk and then come back and, and write for 20 minutes or like, there are all kinds of ways of, of setting small goals um, to reach to reach your bigger goal, if, if you are someone who's trying to write something like a book. So um, and I think thinking kind of, whether it's using the Enneagram, or, or something else, or just like, you know, thinking about yourself and, and what your personality is, like finding a goal that works for you seems to be the thing that can really unlock it for a lot of people. So like people are like, Oh, I always thought, I always thought I had to just use word count and I hate word count. And then they're liberated from that. And they just like write one scene every day. And then within four months they have a book, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so just, yeah, just one little piece of writing advice. If people are looking for something to walk away with. I love it.
1: Um I love the idea just in general of your creative process being your creative process and saying like okay, what is it for me specifically that is working or isn't working in this process and like I think so often we like compare ourselves to other people and we think we should be working like them. Um so I love the permission yeah. that your program gives to customize it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's all about. I love that too. It's all about like finding what works for the life you have, not you know, not not the life someone else has, um, because we're all right. We all have totally different schedules and obligations. Hundred percent.
1: Are you ready for rapid fire questions?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, the first book that comes to mind. Um, The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. Mm. A favorite song um, Light On by Maggie Rogers Ooh, I love that
1: Something you wish people knew about you um,
2: oh, something. That I I have always I dreamed of being a singer I would still love to be a singer Like a professional singer um, But I don't have the talent Oh no I love that. Um,
1: your dream day, what are you doing?
2: Um, my dream day, I am on a beach and reading like a really, really good novel. Mm -hmm. Final meal. What are you eating? Oof. um, final meal. I am eating something fried and very salty. Like, um, Probably French fries. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm like, why complicate it? Why complicate it? Just French fries. <laughs>
1: do you have a favorite French fry like from a specific
2: place? Um, I do. There's a, there's a, like a, I live in Nashville and there's a restaurant called Farm Burger um, that we order out from. And they're like the, they're like the soggy kind that are kind of brown and really salty. Yeah. I'm sure they're the and worst kind for that you can like fold you. up. Yes. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, food for thought, something you want people to kind of walk away thinking about today.
2: Hmm. Okay. My food for thought is um, if, you are, if you are a writer, you want to be a writer, you want to write something um, and it's not working for you. Um, Think of how you can change your process um, to work for you rather than changing your lifestyle or yourself or your natural approach to, to fit some, somebody else's process. Mm -hmm. And really quickly, one example of that is like, I, there's a woman in my program last year who wrote, she's a doctor. She works at a hospital, you know, during a pandemic, she was super busy, but she was determined to write this novel. And she wrote the whole thing on, on the notes app of her phone. She just wrote it on her notes app during patience. And, like, that's something you can do, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so oh. just
2: being, like, yeah, being really, like, not closing any doors around what, like, what counts as writing.
1: I love that. Not closing any doors around what counts as writing. is That's so good. Yeah. Um. So where can we keep in touch? Tell us about the Book Incubator. Like, how do we... When does like is this open once a year? How does it work, and
2: what book should we get first? Love it. Um, we said what book should you get first? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the book incubator is um, is just ongoing admission. People can start at any point. So people join anytime. We had someone join yesterday. Um, and it is a year-long program, so it's a year commitment. Um, and it is an application-based program right now. We do require a short – it's only two questions. It takes five minutes, but um, – it's just a short, uh, like, what are you working on and what do you hope to get out of this program? It's not, we don't ask for a writing sample or anything. It's more just like, we want to make sure that like, we're inviting people into our community who are going to be contributing members and, um, who really are dedicated. So, um, so yeah, and people can join anytime. And, and like, if you're working on you don't even have to have an idea. We, we help you, you know, if you have a lot of times people come in with a couple of ideas or they're not quite sure. And, and. I can help you figure out which one to go with, um, but it is for people who are working on like a, a book-length work that's narrative. So it can be fiction, or it can be memoir, it can be nonfiction. But like, um, like a children's picture book would would not be a fit. Um, like, a, or like a business mm-hmm. book or or a how to kind of how to self help that's not mostly stories would not be a fit. So like um, these are these are books that are really story driven that people are writing in the program. Um, and if anyone, you can just go to my website is Mary Adkins with a D like David, um, writer.com Mary Adkins, writer.com. And, um, they can find out all kinds of information there. And I also like, I do a lot of free events too, for people who just like to go to free things, (laughs) um, just free writing, writing trainings and stuff where they, they can sign up for those there too. Neat. And
1: which of your books would you like for us to read first?
2: Um, I would love for people to read my first book when you read this, um, because I think it's, it's a fun, it, it it's funny to call it fun because it's actually a story about grief, um, but mm-hmm. it's a funny book about grief. So I think it like, you know, it can like scratch a couple of itches for people who want to feel something, but also want to be laughing. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good one.
1: That's perfect for our Enneagram sevens who are wrestling with grief. I feel like what a good access point to letting yourself feel negative emotions with a little bit of lightness in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
2: And I was, I was still a seven when I wrote that book. (laughs) I I thought I was a seven when I read that book. Uh, Mary, I could have done this for
1: hours. Thank you for coming on and, and taking the time to chat with me
2: me too i loved it so much i wish we could just keep hanging out yeah. um so thank you for having me i love your podcast and it was it was an honor to be a guest
1: yeah. and friends we will link all of the things to mary down below so you can just kind of click on the show notes and grab it and and follow where your heart leads
2: thank you mary thank you. thanks sarah jane